God is moving. I'm thankful for I'm thankful for what he's given. And I'm thankful for what he's doing because I know that he's doing it with and for a purpose. Uh, to my pastor, thank you. Thank you for your encouragement, man. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your mentorship because God is using, using you to sharpen me into the man of God that I was called and created to be. Uh, to my wife, you have no idea just how important you are to me. And you have no idea how God is using you to, to mold me into what he has called and created me to be. Who I was before we met does not compare to what God is, is doing and is, is, is using to mold me and shape me now because of your love and because of your connection with me and because of who you are in him. So thank you for the fact that you are a mighty woman of God. Thank you for just allowing him to pour into you so that you can pour into me. Uh, to my church family and my, my, my family who is here with me, thank you for just your love and your support. And uh, you have no idea how much it means to me. Absolutely not. Part of who I am is because of what you all have done for me, through me, and with me. And I do not take it for granted. I do not take it lightly. So thank you. If you have your Bibles with you, today we'll be coming out of Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. Somewhat of a familiar passage for those that are familiar with it. When you have it, please just say amen. amen. And it reads as such. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him and he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see, the people crowding against you, his disciples answered him, and you can, yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. You may be seated. If there was ever a title to be given for this particular passage of scripture, the title that God gave to me was our issue with connection. Because part of loving ourselves and part of 
knowing what were we created for is knowing that we were made for the purpose of connection and relationship with God. But there were issues that come depending on what you have allowed yourself to be connected to. Heavenly Father, even now, just hide me behind your glory. Move me out of the way. I surrender unto you, Lord God. I'm open for connection with you. I'm asking that you just pour through me your anointing, your favor, your power, your glory, the, par- the very nature and the presence of who you are. We bless you, Lord God. We uplift you and we thank you for what we believe is already done. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the reasons that the umbilical cord is so important during pregnancy is because it has the function and the responsibility of supplying the child with everything that it needs to survive during the pregnancy. But once the child is born, it is essential that the umbilical cord be cut because if you are not careful, it will kill the child because it is no longer able to supply the child with what it needs to grow. And the longer it stays connected to the umbilical cord after birth, the longer that there are issues that are possibly flowing through the child because it is no longer connected to a source that can give it what it needs to live, to grow, to survive. Did you know the same thing happens in our relationship with Christ? Once you are born again, there are still some things that are cleaving to your soul. There are still some things that you are depending upon to supply you with what it is no longer able to give you. And the longer you stay connected to those things, if you are not careful, you become what you are connected to because those things are pouring into the very nature of who you are. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The reason that verse is so important and the reason that verse is so critical is because your soul is the seat of your heart. It is the throne of your heart. And depending on what you have allowed to pour into it, depending on what you have allowed, what you are connected to, to flow through it, the longer you will start to identify yourself with issues that were never been intended to be who you really are. I remember growing up, I had a habit of uh, identifying myself with what I was connected to. In elementary school, I identified myself as a slow kid because I was, I was connected to a speaking disability. I remember in middle school, I was connected with being ugly because of the fact that I was connected with a history of rejection. I remember in high school, I was connected to being a coward because I had a history with trying to avoid conflict. And for over half of my life, I was suicidal because of the fact that I thought killing myself was the only way to sever the connection to everything else in my life I was using to identify myself with. Preach, man. Preach, man. To myself and to everybody else around me. I used my issues to identify who I was, never knowing that the more I allowed myself to be identified with those issues, the more I was convinced that was who I really was. In Mark chapter 5, verse 25, it's funny, we're identified, we're introduced to this woman. And what's funny is we don't even know her by name, we know her by the name of her issue. 
We know her by what she's been connected to. We know her by the thing that's been snatching life from her. We know her by the very thing that she has become an issue. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right? For 12 years, she had been depending on doctors. She had given everything that she had because she was depending on these doctors. She was depending on retrieving a healing for her condition, but scripture says instead of getting better, she got worse. There are times where God will allow your condition to agitate your expectation because he wants you to see what your faith is really connected to. He wants you to understand that in your connection with him, in your relationship with him, death is the cost of living. You have to let go in order to take hold and that access works both ways because in your connection, your relationship with him, it is the only thing that can supply you with the life that you've been searching for. But that starts with dying to self and knowing that that is the only way you can walk in life with him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Verse 27 of our scripture, of our passage, here's what it says. It gives us a glimpse of what this woman is facing in regards to her connection. It says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. Mm. This particular passage of scripture is, is interesting for a couple of reasons. One was because of what she actually grabbed hold of. When I was in Israel, one of the things that, uh, that we learned that traditionally men wore on their garments is, is this. It's called a seat seat. It is knotted, it's a piece of cloth that is knotted with, uh, with threading and it represents the 613 commandments that God gave to the children of Israel. But the other thing that it represents is your connection with God. So as long as this garment was connected to your cloth, it resembled the fact that you had a connection with God. And many people believe, many scholars believe that this is actually what the woman with the issue of blood grabbed onto, a connection with God. The other reason this passage of scripture is so, is so interesting is because of the fact, according to Old Testament law, this woman should have been stoned to death because of the fact that she wasn't even allowed to be out in public. Leviticus chapter 15, verse 25, verses 25 through 30. It says, when a woman has a discharge of blood for many days at a time other than her monthly period or has a discharge that continues beyond that, she'll be unclean as long as she has the discharge, just as in the days of her period. And any bed she lies on while her discharge continues will be unclean. As in her bed, as is her bed during her monthly period, and anything she sits on will be unclean as during her period. Anyone who touches them will be unclean. They must wash their clothes and bathe with water, and they will be unclean until evening. When she is cleansed from her discharge, she must count off seven days, and after that, she will be ceremonially clean. On the eighth day, she must take two doves or two young pigeons and bring them to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meat. The priest is to sacrifice one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. In this way, he will make atonement for her before the Lord for the uncleanness of her discharge. This commandment was given by God to the children of Israel while they were journeying through the wilderness. 
And it was detailing specific instructions on how you were to treat discharges with blood because blood is the issue of life. And it was not something to be taken lightly. This commandment was still being followed in Jesus' day. And because of the fact that she was in direct defiance to God's law. The people had a legal right and legal responsibility to stone her to death because of the fact that she was not allowed to be out in public. Now the woman with the issue of blood knows this. She knows the law. She knows the consequences of it, but because of the fact, she goes up behind Jesus and touches him anyway, presses her way through the crowd because of the fact that she was under the impression that being willing to die was the only way that she could take hold of the life that was in front of her. Somebody missed that. She knew that being willing to risk her life was the only way she could grab hold of the very connection that could save her life. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew. Chapter 16, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 25 say this. Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. If the woman had tried to hang on to her life, the connection she had to her issue would have killed her. But because of the fact that she was willing to give up her life, because of the fact that she was willing to risk her life all on account of touching Jesus, on touching her connection with God, she grabbed on to the very connection that was able to save her life. As Christians, as Christians, one of the things that God is trying to get us to do is to sacrifice what we have allowed ourselves to be connected to in this life. He's trying to get us to sacrifice our connection to his passions, to his desires, to his lust, to his to any and everything that is hindering our connection with him. He is trying to get us to sacrifice it, to offer it up, to give it up so that we can walk in the newness of a life of relationship and connection to him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, Lord. But too many times. Too many times we forget that the reason we are able to do that and because of the fact that we are commanded to do that, we forget that when we were crucified with Christ, everything that we were and everything that we thought we were connected to was crucified with him. When Christ died on the cross, all of your previous connections, all of your identification issues, everything that you use to find out to try and find out who you thought you were. It died with him on the cross. Galatians 2 and 20 say this. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is a life of connection. It is allowing who you were to die so that who you are in Christ may show itself forth in you. Ephesians chapter 4, 22 through 24 say this. You were taught 
with regard to your formal way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Paul is talking about a life of sacrifice. He's talking about putting off or surrendering everything that you used to be, everything that you thought you were so that you can walk in the resurrected image of Christ that has been put in you. But the problem is, a lot of times, we're not willing to let go of us. So the question that God is laying on the table is, are you willing to let go of your doubts? Are you willing to let go of your fears? Are you willing to let go of your insecurities? Are you willing to let go of what makes you you so that you can walk in who God has called and created you to be? I remember, I remember uh, one night I was in a martial arts class. And uh, we were training with weapons in particular. And in particular, we were training uh, with this. It's called a rattan stick. And they are specifically designed and specifically cut to take hits. Matter of fact, they absorb impact. So anytime you make full contact with anything that is in this stick, the impact travels from the stick into your hand. Y'all feel me? So... This particular night, we were going full contact, stick against stick, for about three minutes at a time. We were going so fast and so hard that there were blisters on our hands, and we were going so fast and so hard that you could actually smell the stick starting to burn. That's how hard and that's how fast we were going, and with each and every hit, we were forced to hold on tighter to what was in our hands because of the fact that there was pain literally traveling from the stick into our hands. And it was so intense and it was so painful that by the time we were asked to move on to the next activity, I found out I couldn't open my hand. I couldn't surrender what I was holding on to because it hurt too much for me to let it go. As Christians, As Christians, one of the main things that God is trying to get you to do that is the purpose of your relationship and your connection to Christ. He is trying to get you to let go of things that are hindering your growth. And the reason you cannot move on is because of the fact that you are unable to let it go. It hurts too much for you to let it go. And even if we do manage to let it go, oftentimes, you know what we do? The reason we pick it back up, even though it hurts for me to hold on to, I'm comfortable. I'm, 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 I'm safe. Because I'm holding on to something familiar and it does not require me to be open. It does not require me to be broken. It does not require me to be empty. But as hurtful and as uncomfortable as that place of brokenness is, it is the only way that God can transition you from this to this. Here's how patient God is. 
He won't force you to let go. He won't make you let go. But what he will do is allow that issue to wear you down to the place where on your own you decide that it is time. Because until you decide to let it go, you are not open or broken enough to receive what it is that he has for you to move on to. The reason that the woman with the issue of blood was able to grab hold of his cloak is because of the fact that she had learned to do this. <laughs> she was willing to let go of her understanding. She was willing to let go of her hope in other people and other things. She was willing to let go of everything and everyone that she thought at the time was able to provide her with the healing that she was looking for because she knew. She knew. She said to herself, she said within herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, then I will be healed. She knew that if I could just touch my connection with the Father, my issue will be made whole. But one of the most dangerous things about this verse, not only did she need to find out that she was broken, she also needed to be directed. Because brokenness is a dangerous thing when you don't have a sense of direction. Because now you will look for anything and for anyone to fill the void in your life. I just lost my job. I might as well go ahead and smoke this. I just got evicted from my apartment. I might as well go ahead and drink this. My parents and my teachers tell me I'm not going to be nothing anyway. I might as well go upstairs and pull this. Yes, the reason God is allowing situations to break you is so he can use them to direct you to him. Amen. Psalms chapter 121 verses 1 through 2 say this. And it's actually one of my favorite scriptures. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. This scripture is so deep to me because of the fact that it's called a song of ascents or a song of degrees. And what that means is it was actually written when David was making his ascent up Mount Zion to conquer Jerusalem, to make it the capital of Israel, because at the time it was being occupied by the Jebusites, who were enemies of Israel. Okay. It is believed that the hills that he were talking about were Mount Moriah and Mount Zion because throughout the passages of scripture, they were the places that God was making himself known to the people he had chose for his purposes. It was where he had presented himself to Abraham as he was about to offer up Isaac. It was the place where the tabernacle stood. It was later the place where Solomon erected the temple, which is the very place that God dwelt among his people. So throughout the passages of scripture, David looked toward the hills from which cometh his help because he knew that if he was directed toward those hills, he would find where God was because that is where God was making his presence known throughout the course of his lifetime. If you have a relationship with Christ, if you have a connection with Christ, then the presence of God dwells in you. You are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are now the, presence, you, the dwelling place of the presence of God because of the fact that his spirit has made itself, has made its home within you. 
It has made its home within you. It has brought you to the place of surrender where you are open enough to receive him and who he is so that he can have access to you. Because the purpose of connection is not only that we have access to God, but also that God may have access with us. That is the purpose of relationship. That is the purpose of connection. So anytime we allow God, we trust God, we depend upon God to make his home in us. We established a connection with him within us. This woman, she, uh, in verse 28, she, uh, Verses 28 through 29, we see that this woman touches Jesus because she said within herself, if I touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Scripture then says, and straightway the fountain of blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. She knew exactly what she needed to do. And not only that, she knew exactly where Jesus was. So she knew exactly where she needed to be. She knew that because of the fact that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody can come to the Father but through him, she knew that because he was her connection with God, she knew exactly where she needed to be. She knew exactly what she needed to do. She had an intentional faith. Anytime we tug on the heart of Christ with an intentional faith, the power of God is allowed to access It is enabled for access and it is released on our behalf because we have an expectation on the table of what we need done. We have an expectation of who God is. We have an expectation of what he's able to do. We have an expectation on his intent for us, on his love for us, on his 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 desire for us of the fact that he fearfully and wonderfully made us for the sake of connection with him. We believe that to the place that there was nothing he can't do. There is nothing he won't do in us, for us, through us because of the fact that we were built for connection and because of the fact that we are in need of him. Yes, sir. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder or he rewards those who earnestly or diligently seek him. Anytime you come to God, you can't just come any kind of way. You cannot come to God just any kind of way. You have to come with an expectation. You have to come with a diligence. You have to come with a sense of surrender. Because of the fact that is the only way that we are allowed access unto God. That is the only way we are allowed that we are allowed to put our faith into action regarding access to who he is and what he is able to do because of the intentionality of our faith, because of the expectation of our faith, and because of the fact that God never issues power without a purpose. Anytime God gives power, he also gives you instruction on how to use it. So when Jesus was touched, by this woman with the issue of blood, he knew exactly what had happened. 
He knew exactly who had done it, but he started by issuing a call. Because he had realized that this woman had been granted access unto him, so he wanted to see if she would grant him access unto her. Scripture says that the woman knows what had been done in her. The woman knew what had happened, so she went and she surrendered unto God. She surrendered unto Christ, and that was really what Christ wanted all the time. He knew exactly what had been done. He knew exactly who had done it. He wanted to see if she was willing to receive the instruction for the power that she had just been given because there was always purpose to the power that she had just been able to access. Anytime you walk in your relationship with Christ and anytime he gives you power, he does not do it without a purpose because of the fact that we are not our own. We do not belong to ourselves. We are not... We are not our own. We don't belong to us. We don't belong to us. And because of the fact that God has given us gifts, because of the fact that God has given us talents, everything that we have and everything that we are is dedicated for access unto him. I'll prove it. Let me prove it. Psalms chapter 139, verses 13 through 14. And really this is the, the, the scriptural theme for today, for you created my innermost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. Different translation of scriptures say you possess my reins, which is, which is interesting because in the Hebrew, what that means is the reins were actually believed to be in the kidneys and the kidneys in Israel or in the Jewish culture were believed to be the seat of control of your heart. It was where your passion sat. It is where your desire sat. It is where everything that makes you you sat. So the reason that David wrote this is because not only have you formed my innermost being, it was formed and created for you. He knew that the seat of his heart, that the throne of his heart was dedicated to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He knew that his heart was created for his God. So he is the only one that is able to have control of it. But a lot of times we're connected to other things that rob us of that control because typically you surrender control to whatever you're connected to. Whether you know it or not. Yes, sir. You surrender what you are connected to because of the fact that the reason the intent of God behind your connection was for not only for you to have access to him and him to have access to you. It is so that you could realize the intent in the heart of God, because that is the only way that his heart can dwell in you. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Almost done. I'm almost done. Trying to get us out of here. Trying to get us out of here. After she touches the hem of Jesus' garment, she says, daughter, he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed for your suffering. He was commanding her to walk in the freedom that she had received and her connection to him because she had physically accessed Jesus. She tapped in her connection to him simply by touching his clothes. But because of the fact that if you have accepted Christ, 
His Holy Spirit dwells in you. So you have access to the Father through him because that is exactly what you were created for. It was always intended. It was always intentional. It was always purpose for you to be able to access him and him be able to access you so that you have everything that you need to be able to dedicate yourself, to surrender yourself unto him. But that can only happen once you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. They say this. Mm. Romans 10. Verse 9. Verse 9 and 10. (laughs) That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Yes, sir. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confessed and are saved. What he's saying here is you're confessing the fact that Jesus is Lord over your life and that what he did on the cross, the fact that he humbled himself as God to the place where he became a human being and the fact that he died a death not only that was meant for us, he died the most horrible death imaginable so that he could raise from the grave three days later and ascend to the Father so that he could establish a connection and a relationship that will last throughout eternity with you with me with us the fact that he did what he did so that he could bring himself unto us so that he could bring us unto himself that is the purpose of connection that is the purpose of relationship that is the intent of God that is the heart of God that is why he did what he did and all he is asking for you to do is accept and believe it by faith then that relationship, then that established connection can rest and abide and dwell in you so that you can go on and move on to the thing that God has created you to do, that he has created you to be because of the fact that you have allowed yourself connection and access to the Father through Christ. Because ultimately that's the only thing. That is 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 the only thing that will establish your connection with the Father. That is the only thing that could ever allow you to have relationship with who he is because the purpose of relationship with Christ is for you to see more of who he is so who he is can be seen for and through you. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 says this. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Everything that Paul says in this verse is connected to Christ. Everything Everything that Paul says in this verse points to Christ. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Other translations of scriptures say light, that they may be flooded and filled with light. The light that he is talking about is the light and the knowledge of the glory of God through Christ. The fact that he's talking about hope, the hope that he is talking about isn't wishful thinking. It is a patient expectation of who God is and what he is able to do for his glory, through his glory unto you. The fact that we are even called his inheritance is because of the fact that God used 
Christ and use the blood of Christ to buy us back as an inheritance and as a purchased entity unto himself. We are his inheritance. We are his glory because of what Christ has established on the cross. So because of the fact that everything in this verse, everything in scripture points to the fact that Christ did what he did on the cross so that we could be called unto him, so that we could be established in connection and in relationship with him. My question this morning is, what is it that you are connected to? What is it that you have allowed yourself to be engrafted to? What is it that you are allowing to pour through you each and every time you open your mouth, each and every time you open your eyes, each and every time you go out into the world declaring yourself to be a person and a people of God? What are you really connected to? What are we really connected to? What issues are we allowing to pour through us because we haven't allowed ourselves to surrender it unto God? What is it that we're really connected to? What is it that we're too afraid or too stubborn to give up to God because of the fact that it's comfortable in our hands? Because of the fact that it's comfortable in our hearts? Because of the fact that it's safe in our souls? What are we afraid to give up to God because there is nothing that he cannot do, but you have to be willing to answer the call and give it unto him? So if you don't have a relationship with Christ, if you aren't connected to the Father through Christ tonight, I beg you, I plead with you, I pray with you, I implore you, allow yourself access to the Father by accepting your relationship with Christ. Allow him to be master of your life. Allow him to be the Lord of your life. Allow him to be all that he has said that he is, all that he is able to be, all that he wants to be, all that he desires to be in you, for you, through you, so that as you grow in Christ and as you find out more of who he is, you will start to find out that you are the point of reference. You are the point of access. You are the point where God the Father and the rest of humanity are able to meet because you have established yourself relationship with Christ. And because of the fact everything that he is, everything that he is, everything that he is, is pouring through you so that it can be established in the rest of the world because you are the meeting place. You are the vessel. You are the conduit. You are what he has called and created you to be because you have allowed yourself access to the Father. Christ is the only way for that to happen in you, for you, through you. So if you allow yourself access, 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 by surrendering to Christ, I promise you, I impede with you, I'm telling you, I'm declaring, I am proclaiming unto you, that God the Father will make his home in you and because of that, your connection with Christ will satisfy you with everything else that you will ever need. I promise you, he will be your strong tower. He will be your refuge. He will be your knight in shining armor. He will be everything that you have ever asked and needed him to be because that is who he, who he is trying to be through you, for you, in you. I was fearfully and wonderfully made for connection and relationship with Christ. Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
allow Christ. Allow Christ to be your connection to the Father. Allow him to show you who you really are. Who you were intended to be. Who you were created to be. Allow him to bring you to the place of surrender and submission unto him. Because it is the freest. It is the freest. Yes, it is. is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It is the freest and most liberated position that you can be because you have finally recognized that he is your point of access to God the Father.